Grandfather by Asher. Hello, guys. My name is Asher, and I'm a 29 year old male who was born and raised in Florida. I want to share some of the stories I have with you. I'm not a writer by any means, so excuse the grammatical errors and run on sentences. As a young child, I can remember strange instances that I would experience that no one else in my family would. I would convey these to my mother as a child, and she would just say I was sensitive. Back then, I had no idea what this meant. But now, it makes more sense. My grandfather and I had always been very close. Since even before I can remember, I used to spend a lot of time with him. I would sit in his lap and watch TV or at his feet when I was a little older and able to remember things. One distinct thing I always remembered about him was he always had a pipe in his hand and was smoking sweet-smelling tobacco. After some years, he was bedridden and my parents were tasked with taking care of him so we moved into his house in order to be able to do that. He passed about two years later. Shortly after he passed, I remember seeing a shadowy figure standing in my doorway looking at me. This shadow figure didn't feel imposing in any way. In fact, it felt comforting and warming, and I slept great that night. For years after this, I would smell his tobacco pipe throughout the house, and it was very comforting. I always felt like he was watching over me when I lived there. On another occasion, some years later, I was playing hide-and-seek with my friends. At this point, we had a treehouse that was some ten feet taller than the one-story house my parents inherited from my grandfather. I was somewhat of a fearless child, and decided it was a good idea to climb on top of the treehouse and then another fifteen or so feet up into the tree branches. This was a group of three huge pine trees, probably hundreds of years old. My grandfather kept them when he bought the property because he loved gardening so much another hobby we spent time doing together. All around under these trees were large birds of paradise that I recall helping him plant, but I digress. The game was coming to an end, as clearly no one could reach me. I was the last man. As I made my way to the base of the tree, my footing slipped, and I was hanging by my arms. It was at this point I realized the reality of my situation. I was some three stories up in the air, and knew I could suffer a serious injury. As my hand started to slip, my heart was practically in my throat. I remember thinking, I'm so young, I don't want to die. As I was falling to the ground, I felt the same warm feeling I got when I sensed my grandfather was around. This warmth was cradling my back, and I felt as if I was falling to the ground light as a feather. At the time, I was so shocked by the event, I just brushed myself off and let out a sigh of relief that I was perfectly fine. But looking back on it now as an adult... I swear he caught me as I was falling, and then let me gently to the ground. The Whispering, from Samuel Quite a while back, I had sent you guys a story about how I got a really weird feeling in a department store turned library that turned out to be a shared experience between my dad and I. In that story, I had mentioned that my dad and I shared some sort of sensitivity to the paranormal, but this one involves myself and one of my four daughters. So, back when I was a kid, around eight or nine, my parents, sister, and I were living in a small trailer on a rural plot of land while we were waiting to start building our house. 
It was small and cramped, and my sister was only about one or two at the time, but nonetheless we had to share a bedroom. For this reason, I would often sleep on the couch in the living room. At some point, I started hearing whispering in my ear as I would fall asleep. At first, it was just a sound, psst, as if someone was trying to get my attention. I tried to ignore it, but night after night, it seemed to get louder and more insistent. Finally, after who knows how long, as I was laying on the couch trying to sleep, I heard it again. When I did not respond, I suddenly heard the loudest whisper of, Sam, insistently in my ear. It startled me so much I must have jumped at least two feet in the air. I then sat bolt upright and looked around, but saw nothing. Now, I often saw what I would describe as shadow people around that place, always out of the corner of my eye or just around a corner where I could only see a glimpse. I even remember seeing what I've read now as a common version of a shadow person that appears to be wearing some sort of wide-brimmed hat, but that's the only time before or since I've ever had that type of auditory episode. Fast forward about 30 years. I am tucking my third oldest daughter, also eight or nine at the time, in, and she mentions that she had had trouble falling asleep the night before. When I asked her why, she nonchalantly said, The whispering. When I asked for more detail, she said that as she was about to fall asleep, she heard a voice whisper her name in her ear, and it made her scared and kept her up. When I asked her why she didn't come get me, she looked at me like an idiot and said, if something is whispering in my ear, I'm not going to get up and go down that dark hallway, Dad. Smart kid. I have seen a few weird shadows out of the corner of my eye in our current house as well, but I haven't asked her yet if she has seen anything. Honestly, I'm too nervous she might say yes. Night and the Woman, from Jessica. Two things from your podcast have stuck in my mind, one you've mentioned repeatedly in various episodes, and one in episode 71. The repeated thing is how you describe certain nights where you either don't want to venture outside, or, if you do, you don't want to be out for long, and everything is darker than normal. I have a farm in North Carolina, and I've felt that feeling on certain nights. I know that farm well and have repeatedly gone out into the pastures without a single light or even moonshine to retrieve any horse that is essentially playing hooky from coming in. Other times I've stood at the gate and called to them and they come thundering out of the darkness. That's a wonderful sound. But on some nights I've left the safety of the barn and hesitated at the edge of the light, afraid and listening for something, but what, I have no idea. When I do muster the courage to walk up into the dark, I'm quiet and careful. I make sure the gate doesn't rattle and the chains don't clank. The horses either are already at the fence or they walk up quietly, ears perked up and aware, but not skittish. One, either the lead mare or the lead gelding, often stands looking out into the dark and will not come in until I've gotten everyone else inside, which is very odd, especially when food is promised in the barn or if you know how herd hierarchy usually works. I'll speak quietly to them in hushed tones, not wanting to draw attention to whatever is out there. The horses are exceedingly cooperative on these nights, not pulling at the leads or being difficult with their halters. Once inside, they don't bang their buckets or kick stall walls, signifying how much they want their food. They wait quietly and eat quietly. I personally don't feel safe until I'm back in my car or in my house. 
Nights like these are always darker. As you said, it almost feels tangible. I feel small and, while not quite hunted, I get the idea that if I draw too much attention to myself, it's my own fault for what may come to investigate. It reminds me of the concept of the wild hunt, because something bigger is definitely out there, going about its own business, and I never, ever want to run into it. This second story relates to the one you mentioned in episode 71, where the ghost girl in white is surprised at being seen. I've had a similar experience. As a preface, I'll state that the house was built by my parents in the 80s, and we were the only occupants until 2014. In the early 2010s, I was in my 20s and living with my mom, who was going through a very nasty divorce, and I did not trust my dad to not do something. At around 3.15 a.m., I was asleep in my bed when I just woke up. It was that semi-abrupt waking when your mind clicks to consciousness at the same time your eyes open. I was on my left side, facing towards my door, and I noticed a softish green light illuminating that side of the room. I didn't think much of it, as my laptop's charge light was green, and I know that I had laid it on the floor by my bed before going to sleep. However, the green light was brighter than usual. Normally, the tiny LED glow barely projected itself past three or four feet, but this light easily illuminated the far wall. It also illuminated the woman standing at the corner of the bed near my feet. She was tall and fair-skinned, with dark hair neatly piled on her head like a Gibson-style girl. Her clothing was equally period, with a full-sleeved blouse and high-waisted black skirt. She held what appeared to be a metal clipboard in her hands one of those storage clipboards where you can store papers inside, poised as if taking notes, and the look on her face was what I'd describe as being pleased or satisfied with the progress being observed, her lips slightly upturned. My first thought was, there's a person in my room. Not a ghost, not a spirit, but a person. She was solid. My eyes widened in fear over the thought of someone having gotten into the house. We then made eye contact, and her upturned lips broadened into a smile. Her smile said to me, Oh, so you can see me. She then started walking towards me up alongside the bed. At that point I screamed because there was a person in my room that was now coming towards me. I turned my back on this woman, still screaming, because I decided to turn on my bedside light, as if that would do anything to stop an intruder. I fumbled with the switch, all the while convinced I was going to feel her grab my shoulder or put a hand over my mouth to try and shut me up. The light goes on, I turn back around and no one's there. Three seconds later, my mom opened the door to my room, having woken up after hearing me scream. I explained that there was a woman in my room, and she turned on all the lights in order to search the whole house, while I made sure that this woman hadn't somehow hidden under my bed. We found nothing. The doors and windows were all still closed and locked, with no sign of a break-in. Now, the way my house is upstairs is set up, there is a hallway that runs the length of the house. My mom's room is at one end, my room is halfway down the hall, and there is an office and playroom at the far end. The stairs come up right in front of my mom's room, so this woman had no way of getting out of the house without at least being seen by or running into my mom. Now, of course, I could have attributed all of this to a waking dream, save for one thing. Once the house was checked and my heart rate went back to normal, my mom asked me something odd. Did you close your door before going to bed? I said no. I used to sleep with my door closed when I was younger. 
My older brother, whose room was right across from mine, would stay up late and be loud, and my dad would get up early to work in his office past my room, so I would close my door in order to sleep better. But my brother hadn't been living in the house for eight plus years, and as I said, my parents were divorced, so now I didn't bother shutting my door at night. In fact, I kept it wide open. My mom had opened the door to my room when she heard me scream. I specifically remember her doing that. Literally turned the handle and pushed it open since it had been fully shut. Thinking back on where this woman had stood, there was no blackness of an open doorway behind her, but instead there was the distinct white rectangle of a closed door. And before you ask, no, I would not have mistaken my closet door for the entry door. While they share the same wall, my closet has double doors, and they were firmly shut. Thinking back on the event, I'm not sure if I came up with the thought of, oh, so you can see me, or if it was directed to me non-verbally from this woman. But that phrase, thought, slash, whatever was emphasized, and I think she liked the discovery that I could see her. I haven't seen her since that incident, but I do think of her often. Book of the Dead is a Ghost Story Guys production, narrated by Brennan Store. For access to the entire Book of the Dead archive, ad-free, head to patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys.